your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to the post debate show, <laughs> Lacrosse Talk PM, and Rick Sola. Yeah, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, UW Lacrosse political science professor, is going to join us in about nine minutes. I can get to the news a little quicker. I'm going to tell. I'm going to text Brad and tell him, hey, I'm going to get to the news a little quicker so that we can bring Chagoski on a little earlier. He's been pretty busy today. It was ironic that uh, the Trump-Biden debate happened on his birthday. I don't know if that was planned. I don't know if the political powers at, at, to be at be uh, planned that, knowing a political science professor's birthday was that day. Um, so we can get to all that stuff. In about nine minutes, I did. I did see this story today that I and and we might talk about some state issues as well. There's you know a lot of voting things going down. Um, if you did or didn't, if you want to call me right now and tell me what you thought of the the debate, I think a lot of people just thought it was a disaster. It was just two old guys yelling at each other. Uh, I said yesterday it would be pretty boring. I think. I I think I. I think that's true. It, I don't know if boring is the correct word, but just not interesting. <laughs> Two guys talking over each other the whole time. Is there a better way to do these debates? Do you guys have ideas? 608-785-7914. Um, but the, the, I did see this story today, which is just kind of ironic. I, that's not ironic. I don't know why I said that. Uh, it's just kind of funny. Um, it's on wisdomnews.com. Republicans don't want Bucks Brewers players. Or their mascots at early voting sites. So the chairman of the Wisconsin Republican Party warned the Milwaukee chief elections official that it'd be illegal for the Milwaukee Brewers or Bucks players or mascots to show up, including the Brewers' famous sausage sausages, <laughs> to show up and participate in early voting events planned in their stadiums. So I believe you can go a hand in your ballot at the Pfizer forum or well, it's, is it Miller park still, or do they change the name? Is that this year or next year? I guess I never really thought about that. Did they change it to the AmFam park yet? So, um, <laughs> so they sent it this letter and then the, uh, the elections commission guy in Milwaukee said, uh, it seems kind of silly to be worried about racing sausages, but the larger point is the law is pretty clear. They, they, yeah, they weren't going to have. Why not? We Republicans would just let them do it and then get them in trouble for it, right? And then they, I don't know, like if if you're gonna, it'd be it's a little strange. Like, hey, you guys better not bring any. You better not bring Bongo, Bango, Bango, the Bucks mascot to uh, to these voting events, getting people excited to go see them and to cast bo- votes it's already illegal and um yeah you guys are just you guys are just <laughs> projecting something that that isn't happening so i don't know it seems a little the the idea that hey we really need to get these sausages at the voting booths so that people will come and vote if the sausages are there i'm definitely going to go vote i want to see the sausages number three is on the line number three if uh if the the Miller Park or the Milwaukee Brewers sausages were were down at the uh, the voting booth. Would you be more act uh, more inclined to go check them out? What I've never been to a baseball game in my life. <laughs> okay, so it's not going to help you. 
No, no, I had enough softies in my life. Anyway, I was listening to the news today, and Fox News told me that Trump won, and then I switched channels, and CNN said JoJo won. <laughs> what, did you watch the debate? Yeah. Did you did you feel like it? What did you? Well, what are, what's your opinion? Who did somebody win? I feel like uh, the pretty easy answer is we all lost. Well, that's the way I figured. It, it kind of reminded me of when I was in the third grade in 1953, the kids fighting on the school grounds and who was going to be captain of the ball team that day. Yeah. Okay. You remember what grade you were in what that year, huh? I don't I would have to do a lot of math and calculating to figure out what grade I was in and Oh, well, see, I'm Norwegian. I can remember stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> did, did you were, so were you ever captain then or not? No, they never let me be captain because I wasn't swift enough. Yeah, not much of an arguer during those debates, huh? No, I was more of a lover. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for the call. Goodbye. All right. I got Brad on the text line. Well, not the text line, my own text line uh, on the computer here. He's going to do the news a little bit early so we can bring Dr. Anthony Tregoski in and really just break down. Break down? I don't even know. I saved some clips and then I was just like re-listening to him. And I got, I'm just like, man, nobody, I don't know. Like, does anybody, does anybody want to hear any of these? I mean, they're they're not they're really not interesting and you know this would probably be the only one I play over and over again. Will you shut Who is up, man? Listen? <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about the whole debate. Just just this. Will you Who shut is up? Your <laughs> All right, we're gonna get to Brad in the news. We'll be back with Trigoski after this. I was him. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Get you out of here, Stone Temple Pilots. Get out of here. Dr. Anthony Chugoski is on with us. We're going to talk about the debate and a couple other things that ha- are happening in Wisconsin. But first, Maria called in, and I want to get her opinion on the debates really quick. Maria, go ahead. You're on the air. Um, I think Trump was totally, of course, spot on. But I think the way he kept interrupting was more childlike and should have done that different. Um, the second half, he was better. But he was definitely spot on with everything he said, and he is definitely the one that should win. All right. Thanks, Marie, for the call. All right. Dr. Anthony Tregoski is on now with us. Tregoski, uh, you know, I got a, uh, I think a call earlier said uh, the, the right-wing news said Trump won, the left-wing news said Biden won, and we all are losers. That's kind of how, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the general, the feeling about it. Is that how you feel? I think the people who lost are the people who sat through that for 90 minutes, Rick, because that was a disaster of a debate. I mean, it, it was just epically bad to the point where I was, like, almost embarrassed that I was sitting there watching it. Embarrassed like, for it you? Wasn't even a, it wasn't even a debate. I mean, it was just two, It was just Donald Trump talking all over Joe Biden, all this crosstalk, impossible to understand what anyone was saying. No flow at all. No respect for the rules. It was just a horrifically bad debate. Will you Who shut up, man? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep playing that every time you talk bad about Donald Trump. Um, all right. So my first thought was, we need w- w- going into it. I, I don't. I didn't realize this until at some point. Maybe I even said it during the show. There was going to be no commercial breaks. And my first thought when I when I heard that was we have two 70 year old men that got to talk for 90 minutes straight without commercial breaks. We need, 
commercial breaks. If if the the two senile old men don't need commercial breaks, at least us as an audience come you know playing post armchair quarterback after the fact. At least us as an audience need a little bit of a break from having to listen to that. Oh my god! Yeah, I would. I would have loved to have a break to spare myself from having to listen to that just embarrassment of a debate last night. And Rick, to your point, like Biden absolutely showed his age, and I think that we need to be honest about that. He was not sharp. He was not particularly with it. I think that in terms of putting concerns to rest about his age, the debate did not accomplish that. However, the story of this debate is absolutely Donald Trump's conduct during the debate. And like Marie said, he may have made good points. I just couldn't tell because it was impossible to understand anyone. It was just not it was, it was just not good. And, and Rick, I'm willing to call this the worst presidential debate in at least the last 60 years. Uh, th- this was just such a disappointment because the elect the stakes of this election are so high and the people deserve so much better than this and like joe heim said over the news people need to know what the agendas of the candidates are people need to know what they're voting for and there was zero clarity that came as a result of that last debate and i am i'm just really annoyed by what a mess it was UW lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chergosky declaring the worst debate in the last 60 years, and he would know because the guy turned 60 years old yesterday. It was his birthday. <laughs> uh, no, that's how do you know it was the last 60 years? You're not 60 years old. How old are you? You just tur- you just had your birthday yesterday. The powers that be had the political debate on your birthday. You know, they kind of give you a little present. And then uh, Biden and Trump said, F you, Chagoski, we're going to do this uh, our way. And total made your birthday a total disaster. But how old are you, Chagoski? I'm a little younger than Joe Heim. <laughs> a little younger than Joe Heim. <laughs> so Joe Heim, I think, uh, maybe has seen all 60 years of these debates. Um, yeah, well, well, okay, if you go back 60 years, can you point to one that's even close? I mean, are you watching old debates or are you just reading about them? Or how, how does that work? Rick, how we know this is because that is the television era of debates. The first televised debate was between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon in 1960. So that's kind of the era there where we can fairly compare and judge debates. And, you know, knowing about kind of the history of debates and knowing about the debates that have happened throughout the TV era, as I would kind of call it, I just don't think, and by the way, Rick, I'm not alone in saying this. I've heard this from a number of historians and political scientists that this really stands out in terms of just being uniquely bad as a debate. I mean, we've had some clunkers in the past, but nothing that was just as chaotic and messy, nothing that was just as embarrassing as this debate. Uh, So the debate commission came out after the disaster yesterday and said it's going to change the format they might have a, I don't know, like a mute button or something. I don't know how it would work, but did you see the changes and did you did you agree with any of them? Rick, I'm not aware of what exactly the changes are that the commission is thinking about making, but they really had no choice because the prospect of watching two more debates like that was a horrifying prospect. You know, like I would not subject my worst enemy to watching two more debates like that. 
So the only choice is to change the debate, you know, change the moderator's role, maybe give the ability to cut off someone's microphone. Whatever changes are made, I'm at least happy that they're talking about making changes because there was really no other choice coming out of last night. Last night just totally forced the commission's hand in really pushing them to make changes so that we can at least survive these next two debates. I remember watching, uh, I don't know if they were rallies, maybe they were rallies, uh, and you would watch them online and they'd have fact-checking during the, the, the rally. You could read, I think, maybe like a ticker on the bottom. Um, what if we had like fact checkers at the debate and they just went, they hit a buzzer and then they just rattled (laughs) off the, the, what, whatever, if Biden said something incorrect or Trump just said something, you know, then the debate would have to be four and a half hours long, but at least we would get some truth because the idea of having someone talk for two minutes straight without being interrupted, if it were going to happen, it barely happened yesterday. Um, you could, you just get to rattle off whatever you want with, and, and complete lies if you want. And then no fact checking to be, and, and the only the only way you would fact check is to wait for the two minutes to end and then have the other candidate go, uh, you're lying. It does. It just doesn't work. We're just going to lie to the to the entire nation and, and without being checked. Well, Rick, that's exactly why it's so easy to spread falsehoods and misinformation in that format, because there's no real time fact checking. I mean, the other candidate is basically the fact checker and Chris Wallace, to the extent that you know, he, he he took a break from begging Donald Trump to stop interrupting Joe Biden. And to the extent that Chris Wallace was uh, taking a break from pleading for some sense of decorum, I mean, I guess he could have been a fact checker. But it was just a very unimpressive and a deeply depressing 90 minutes. Yeah, I saved a bunch of clips. And and then I, I kind of went, you know, and I was listening to him before the show, trying to try to pick out the best ones. And the only one I got was you please shut up and, you know, please stop. But uh, just just replaying any of these clips, I don't think does anyone any justice. And, and what I you know, I, if you watch the debates, you watched them, I could play them in the bra- background while we talked. I thought about just interrupting you as you talked the whole time today, Tchaikovsky, <laughs> just to just to annoy you. And then, hey, if you want to know how the debates went, just, you know, and then just interrupt you the whole time. But. I don't want to do that. So aside from fact checkers, I do have another idea that we could probably do. So Scott Pruitt used to be the EPA director. Um, he was fired. And uh, what, what, maybe one of the things he was fired over, I, though I don't think it is, I think we just go, eh, let him do it. He, he paid $43,000 for a soundproof phone booth to go in his office as if, <laughs> as, if, as if closing, as if the EPA director couldn't close and lock his office door and then make some phone calls. He bought a $43,000 soundproof phone booth. And if we just had that at the debate stage and when it was Biden's turn to talk for two minutes, we just lower it over Donald Trump so that what a Trump, you could see Trump's <laughs> lips moving and his, his gestures, his facial gestures that he's pointing, but you couldn't get, you wouldn't be able to hear him. And then at least Biden could talk without actually having to hear Trump next to him. Just, you know, and then, and then, obviously, we could raise the soundproof booth up, and then move it over to Biden and lower it over him. Also, <laughs> that would help with social distancing and, and spreading of the coronavirus. If one of the candidates have that, could we do that, or do you think that phone that forty three thousand dollar phone booth booth is around somewhere? Rick, this is the most brilliant idea I've ever heard. And my only question is, how the heck do we get you on this debate commission? We got to make this happen. Yeah, I don't. I honestly like. I was watching the debate, and yeah, I felt like you you did yesterday. I'm like, wow, this is a really terrible waste of time. I really wish that there was 
oh, there's a WNBA game on. I'm going to watch that. But it, it ended right before the debate ended. And uh, it just it, it felt like I could argue. I'm like, you know what? If I was on the debate stage right now with Biden or Trump and they were asking me these questions, I would have better answers. But I also wouldn't have the, the president of the United States, you know, cutting me off all the time, which could be intimidating for Biden. Maybe not. But for Chris Wallace to try to like, shh. Shush, shush, Donald, you keep it quiet. Like, for Chris Wallace to do that, it must feel awfully uncomfortable. Well, Rick, you know, there are usually at least a couple, like, moments that emerge from a debate because there's a catchy line that someone says or a snappy comeback that they make or just some moment in the debate that really stands out and gets circulated on the morning shows and gets circulated on social media. But aside from the clip that you keep playing, there's really nothing that's been circulating because what was the debate? It was just all crosstalk. It was just all talking over each other. So what is the memorable moment from this debate? Nothing, really. And that's why it's just a huge challenge to even begin to analyze this debate, because what is there to analyze? It was just, you know, people, I mean, there's just, there's nothing to analyze aside from, you know, the conduct of the candidates. I mean, there's nothing to say really about the policies that they put forth. There's really not much to say about the issue stances. There was very little said about their agendas for the next four years. So in terms of analysis, like you're pretty much stuck at just talking about like the conduct and the behavior of the candidates. And we can barely even get to any discussion of like the policy debates that occurred last night yeah it really makes me go you know there was like 10 candidates for democratic nomination uh that probably would have had a better (laughs) a a better showing at the debate stage but then again i don't know because if you keep interrupting someone's thoughts it's really hard to like get your thought across yeah it's really hard to say rick because donald trump came in like a bull in a china shop And that, of course, delights his supporters. I mean, that he is really flinging insults at Joe Biden, that he is flinging insults at Chris Wallace might even be more loved by his base uh, for doing that. But uh, Donald Trump just came in with this idea that he would really disrupt the process and that he would uh, really let Joe Biden have it, that he would let Chris Wallace have it. And so what are you left with at the end of the day? I mean, I mean, you're just not left with much to analyze. And people's opinion of this debate really hinges on whether they thought Donald Trump was acting appropriately or not. I'm, I'm sure his base loved what he what he did, because they want him to take the battle to Joe Biden. They want him to take the battle to the media. Are we still but doing for those undecided voters? I mean, what do they make about this? Are we still doing China shops? I don't. Do we have China shops anymore? <laughs> well, don't let a bull in one. That's all I know. <laughs> okay, Phil Texan. I got a lot of text here. I'm just going to rat- rattle through them. Phil Texan. The moderator should submit their questions to the fact checkers uh, because Wallace was the worst liar. What? What did, did, did Wallace was? If if he wasn't a liar, I don't know if his questions were. I don't know if you can lie when you're asking questions. But were they? Did they lean one way or the other, do you think, where they put Trump on the spot more or Biden on the spot more with the way his direct his questions were were directed? It's hard to say, Rick. He was certainly interrupting Donald Trump quite a bit, but that was because Donald Trump 
continuously interrupted Joe Biden. So I don't know that Chris Wallace's question strongly favored one candidate or the other. It was clear, though, that Joe, that Donald Trump and Chris Wallace were really going at it by the time the debate was over, to the point where Chris Wallace was visibly flustered and visibly frustrated. Yeah, at one point, I believe uh, Trump made a point. He goes, I guess I'll be just uh, debating with you, huh, Chris, or something like that, because they kept arguing back and forth. And Biden just sat there like, what? what's going on right now? I know. Like, what, what do you do in that scenario? And it's well known that Donald Trump does not like Chris Wallace. So this wasn't entirely surprising to see. But I just think the amount of just the insults, the interruptions, the just antagonistic attitudes were maybe even more than our wildest expectations could have even come up with. All right, we're speaking with Dr. Anthony Trigoski, UW lacrosse political scientist. We got Scott's comment coming up, which Trigoski loves to hear, so he's going to be excited to hear what Scott's comment's going to be today. I and, love Scott's comment. And then uh, Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. I'm with him. They'll work. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Doesn't know who they are. Seems to be always uh, where Trump goes when, when somebody does something wrong or there's a group that supports him that he... That isn't really viewed as as the greatest. Uh, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, UW lacrosse political science professor, on with us. Breaking down the debate. We could break down some other stuff, too. Uh, I did get a text that said we're just saying the same thing. We're both saying it was the worst thing in history, and Joe Heim is saying that over the news. Um, is there any? Is there anything? Uh, you know, a lot of people. I, I guess a lot of left wing news. Left wing, right? Left wing news would wanna would wanna talk about what Trump said. Stand down. Stand by something like that. Trump said that about the Proud Boys yesterday during the debate. You know, when all this denounce talk. Will you denounce this this group? Will you denounce that group? Uh, do you, does that get old with you, Chagoski? When they just want to denounce everybody or make candidates denounce all the bad people? It's kind of become a running joke now, Rick. Like, whenever something happens, it's like, well, will the candidate denounce this group? Will the candidate denounce that group? And so, you know, we talk about Joe Biden, like, denouncing Antifa, denouncing the people involved in the Portland protests, and then Trump and the Proud Boys. What is clear, though, is that the Proud Boys' social media accounts were delighted with what they heard from President Trump. They were ecstatic with Trump saying, stand down and stand by. They were promoting that eagerly on their social media platforms and saying that they were really encouraged by that. So, I mean, to the extent that Donald Trump has walked that back, I think that that is utterly necessary to do. But that did really, I mean, like, in terms of analyzing the few, like, real substantive moments of the debate, that one definitely did stand out to me, and it seemed to... Uh, cause a stir on social media and among viewers. It was that and Trump saying he brought Big Ten football back, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, like, he's basically saying, like, Ohio, vote for me, right? Because I bought the Buckeyes back for the fall. And, you know, that was kind of the broader discussion about the coronavirus. And, you know, this discussion about, well, Joe Biden wants to shut things back down. Joe Biden talking about how Trump bungled the handling of the coronavirus. We just didn't really learn anything new there. 
Um, we did hear Donald Trump contradict some of his experts about the timetable for a vaccine, but there just wasn't really anything notable from arguably the most important issue that we face right now. I mean, we really needed to hear what Joe Biden's plan is on the coronavirus. We really needed to hear Donald Trump questioned and questioned toughly on his handling of the coronavirus. But none of that happened, and that is just an enormous missed opportunity. Yeah, and I will say today, La Crosse County suffered its fifth death from COVID-19. It was on the Cooley Collab website. Uh, third time in the past week we've had that. And uh, Wisconsin's also in this like red zone. The White House has determined Wisconsin's in, quote-unquote, a red zone and the hottest uh, community spread areas within Wisconsin, the White House has said, in that red zone are La Crosse and Green Bay, just where Donald Trump's headed for the weekend to hold rallies. <laughs> That's kind of, I found that a little bit odd. I don't know, I don't think that was by design, but you, you got to wonder, um, you know, if if there would be like, hey, you know what, You're, this is a hot spot right now. Any other, if it was a, any other candidate, would they cancel these events and maybe postpone them until the future sometime? Well, it's a very good question, Rick, and it's no accident that a candidate would be motivated to campaign in La Crosse and Green Bay. I mean, if you're looking for the swing voters, if you're hunting out the voters who are potentially persuadable, the voters who are up for grabs, well, you go to La Crosse and Green Bay because that is where they are disproportionately located. So, I mean, strategically, it makes total sense to focus on La Crosse and Green Bay if you're in the broader effort of winning Wisconsin. But you're right, Rick, and the situation in Green Bay seems really dire in terms of just the amount of cases and hospitalizations, uh, rising hospitals perhaps nearing capacity. So all of this on Saturday is going to be very much against that backdrop of two regions that are having tremendous difficulties with the coronavirus. Yeah, I asked the La Crosse County Health Department Monday what they thought of the Trump event coming to La Crosse on Saturday, and they said no comment. Uh, so that's where we're at. That was Monday, so I guess I could ask them again today and see where they're at. But um, I did. I, there is a story on Wisdom News. I texted it to you. I don't know if you could te- you can read that while you're try- trying to talk on the phone, but um, no, the Republicans don't want Bucks and Brewers players or their mascots at these early voting sites. So the Pfizer Forum, Miller Park are both going to be um, you can go what drop off your your ballot there. Or can you go get a ballot and fill it out? Is that how that works at the these two stadiums in Milwaukee? I'm not exactly sure, Rick, but, uh, you know, it, it's very possible that this is these are places where you could drop off a ballot or uh, early vote. And so, uh, you know, I guess if you uh, use the Bucks mascot or the, the sausage mascots or what as a way to get people to turn out to vote, I, I guess that's a pretty novel turnout to vote strategy, but it sounds like it won't be happening. Yeah, the uh, the Elections Commission was, I think, in Milwaukee was like, yeah, we know that. It's against the law. We can't have Giannis Antetokounmpo at the voting booth telling people <laughs> to, to vote. So we're probably not going to do that. I don't know who who draw a bigger crowd, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the uh, two-time MVP, or uh, Bango, the Bucks mascot, or all the sausages. I mean, if the sausages are there, I think that's very bipartisan. If the sausages showed up at these stadiums, to promote getting people to come down to vote. You can't say the sausages are Republican or Democrat, can you? Well, yeah. I mean, we need more bipartisanship, Rick, and 
And if sausages are what it takes, then I say let's do it. Yeah, and Bango, he's a buck. He's he's well, I don't know if he's literally a buck, but he's the mascot of the Bucks. <laughs> he's a deer. I don't think deer are you would I would guess that the NBA maybe leans quite a bit left, so having yeah. the NBA mascot, the Bucks mascot there, but also he's a deer deer hunters. Um, Republicans, guns, pro-gun hunting, so wanting to go and see the Bucks mascot in that regard. Feels like it's even, Stephen, uh, bipartisan, the bingo, the mascot. I feel like both these things should should be happening. We can't have the players there. I understand that because obviously Christian Yelich would be, uh, wouldn't be bipartisan. I don't know. I don't, it, it's illegal anyway, but it, it, the Republicans decided to make it an issue today. Yeah, they did, Rick. And uh, another key ruling with the uh, amount of time that people have or the amount of time that ballots have to reach their their destination, those that are cast via mail. And, and I think that could be a really important ruling and certainly one that the Republicans were not happy about, even if they maybe were satisfied with the mascot ruling. We're talking to UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Had to take a halftime break there from talking about the the stupid debate that happened last <laughs> night. This was our halftime. I wanted to get some Wisconsin news. There was also there was also news in Wisconsin too yesterday, um, dealing more news about the elections. And now it slipped my mind, and I got too many tabs open. Um, something about voting. I'm trying to find a voter purge case could happen. Is that that was it? Like the voter purge case. How how are we doing this? Is that we're going to purge 130,000 voters from from the rolls? Uh, what the, almost a, less than a, a little bit over a month from the election? Does that how does that work? What are we doing, Rick? It is. It seems to be par for the course in Wisconsin that court rulings late in the ball game can really shake up an election, and we narrowly escaped that with the Supreme Court ruling that denied Howie Hawkins, the Green Party candidate, a spot on the ballot. But, you know, keep your guard up because these court rulings could come down. And and we know that Wisconsin elections are unpredictable. We know that things can change in a moment depending on what the courts rule. And so I think it's worth paying very close attention to these lawsuits as they go through because you know, we, we don't know how these could end up impacting the election, and, and we could very well be in for surprises. Yeah, it's just another thing that, I, I don't know, do we call Wisconsin the, you know, we, we've joked that it's the new Florida, so we could just say, is it Florsconsin with Florida? Like, how do we do that? Because obviously Florida's doing their own thing with the, you know, while Wisconsin's going to have is is having a time with the coronavirus right now, Florida's decided to just go f it. We're opening everything. Every you, the bars were packed over the weekend, and 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 just like they're going to have their own debacle, I think too. Yeah, it does seem like Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has really backed off the restrictions that were in place to combat the coronavirus, allowing bars and restaurants, I believe, to go to 100% capacity and taking kind of the bite out of enforcing the mask mandate, saying that there's really no enforcement measures that can be taken if people are breaking the mask mandate. So it's certainly moving in a different direction than Wisconsin is, as Tony Evers is in court defending his mask mandate. 
How do we how do we blame for for the COVID nineteen spread? Do we do we do what the what Biden tried to do during the debate last night and point to Trump and say this is your fault? You have no plan. We could always do that. Now I'm I'm getting texts. It's Governor Evers is responsible because Wisconsin's one of the hottest. I think the third highest uh, for community spread right now. It's number three in the nation. So do we blame Evers? Do we blame the Republican legislature who's trying to get rid of the mask mandate and and not it hasn't met since what April? Um, I don't know, like we need to blame one entity. And if I'm a, if I'm a liberal, I'm going to find, I'm going to blame Trump. And if I'm a, you know, or I'm going to blame the legislature, which is Republican led in Wisconsin. And if I'm a conservative, I'm going to point to Evers because he's a Democrat. So who do you blame, Tregosi? No, I'm just kidding. But how do, how do we do this? Can we just blame the virus at at this point? Do we blame ourselves? You know, Rick, there was a really interesting ad I saw that seems to target voters who are kind of in the middle. And it featured this farmer who said, you can't blame Donald Trump for the virus because that was China's fault. And, you know, couldn't have done anything about the virus at the beginning stages of this whole ordeal. But then he goes on to blame Donald Trump for the spread of the virus and the uh, the measures or maybe lack thereof that were taken to contain the spread. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. You know, is that a message that clicks with swing voters, the voters in the middle? And, you know, maybe you can't entirely blame Donald Trump, but you can blame him for some key episodes in this whole thing. And that seems to be where the Democrats are kind of going in terms of how they talk about the coronavirus. Yeah, and then if the handling of the virus, and then you you know if we're going to do that, then Governor Evers hasn't handled it correctly either. Then, but um, getting back to the debate a little bit, Travis texted in. He said, "If you watch Biden in the 2012 VP debate, the Vice President debate, you could see that he's definitely slipped." Uh, you know, 2012 it wasn't very political, and I can't even off the top of my head. But like, was he was he interrupted every two seconds while he was debating as a Vice President back then? I thought Biden was quite strong in the 2012 debate. That was when he debated Paul Ryan. And, Rick, that came on the heels of a really, really bad debate performance by Obama. And they really, really needed Biden to go on the attack, to do well. And Biden did just that. He was extremely aggressive in that debate. He was extremely on offense in that debate. And ultimately, it did kind of right the ship, I think, for Obama with all the panicking that was going on. You know, is this campaign in freefall after Obama just kind of blew it in his first debate against Mitt Romney? So there is no comparison between Biden in this debate and Biden back in 2012. I mean, in terms of how sharp he was, in terms of how aggressive he was, in terms of just how on top of the questions he was, there is no doubt that Biden has lost this step. And and that's exactly why I say, Rick, that while Trump's conduct may be the focus and perhaps rightfully so, and I think that that is the big storyline coming out of this debate, you know, I don't think Team Biden can be all that comfortable with what happened. I mean, maybe they emerged the winners of this debate just because of Trump's broader conduct, but it's not like Joe Biden turned in a, master, well, a masterful per- performance by any means. Well, the irony here is Trump and Main Street guy texted this in. He said Trump gets in his own way. I think he, he said a lot. Yeah. But, but the idea here, the, the irony here is Trump talks so much and he can't let just Biden 
you know, do his thing. Let let Biden go. Let Biden talk. Because if Biden isn't capable of, of putting sentences together, and you have to bring up that, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is old news, but he's he's overcome a stuttering problem from his childhood. And but but if Trump would just shut up and let Biden talk himself into the hole, then we would be great. But Trump can never shut up. I think that's right, Rick. You know, if you just let Biden talk, what have we learned? That he will make mistakes, that he will include the occasional or maybe more than occasional gaffe. We know that if you just let Biden talk, then he may create some trouble for himself. But he just wasn't able to talk for really any extended period of time. So that ultimately led to there being pretty minimal problematic moments for Biden. There were a couple that caught my eye where Biden said, I am the Democratic Party. And he also dodged the question about court packing. He wasn't able to name a law enforcement group that endorses him. So, you know, Rick, there were some weak spots for Biden, but it was just completely swamped in terms of the storylines coming out of this debate, just completely swamped by Donald Trump. Will you shut up, man? I will say uh, (laughs) I need you to shut up because uh, we ran out of time. I will say that Chris Wallace, I think there were a couple of times if you really just want to. Oh, got him. Chris Wallace bailed out Biden a couple of times, too, as they were arguing. But Dr. Anthony Chagoski, thanks a lot. It's always fun to have you on. and, And thanks for helping break this down. Thank you, Rick. All right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be back to wrap up after this. I was All right, that's going to wrap it up for Lacrosse Talk PM today. Thanks, everybody, for listening and texting. I say uh, I say that as I read a couple of texts. Nate texted in. I think Chris Wallace won the debate because he was trying to be the moderator. It just shows how much of a bully Trump is. And another texter said, uh, if they can shut off the microphones and hire lip readers, uh, just shut off the microphones when the other candidate gets that two minutes. I mean, that's not a bad idea. I like my idea better of lowering Chris Pruitt or Scott Pruitt's $43,000 soundproof phone booth down. Um, All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.